Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Okay, here we go then. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Andy. Hey, guys. And we have first time on the show. Welcome, Michael Rosnick. Hey, everybody. All right. Uh, this is episode number 168, Listener Series Volume 17 with Michael Rosnick. Wow, 17 of these, huh? Nice. Just keep racking them up. I know, I know. I think I think at this point, this might be the full list. I have to I have to double check that list that uh that I created when I um, posted that that thing on Facebook about it. So, but yeah, I think cool. this might be the last one. But we'll see. I'm sure we could always add more to you know as we go on, or maybe do another calling for for some more uh, guest hosts. You know. Yeah. Don't be shy. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to come on the show, let us know. Uh, so let's catch up with everyone's week. And who'd like to go first? I can go first. Y- yeah, I, actually. You want to go? No, no, no. Actually, yeah. Let me go first because you have a, you have a got, quite, yeah, yeah. quite the the stuff. week or two weeks. Yeah. So let's do this. Um, so as our listeners know, we pre-recorded the last episode because kevin and i were both away last week um and kevin's still away in florida but um i'm back i did go to ireland for for a week for work and it was really cool uh ireland's great you know great country um not happy about the euro to the dollar conversion but that's cool company paid for mostly everything so i don't have to worry about that um I did go to the local hobby shop. I was trying to look for one that was close enough that I can go by. And mm-hmm. it's kind of funny because there's one like basically a block away from my office, which was a block away from my hotel. <laughs> so so basically two blocks away from my hotel room oh, cool. was a local hobby shop. And it was, it was I mean, I, calling it a local hobby shop might be a stretch. It was, so the name of the place was just Model Shop. Okay. Like Model Straight to the point. Shop. All right. Yeah. Straight to the point. And, you know, when when you go, you know, it's a storefront, you go looking through the window and you see a couple RC cars, a couple of drones and and like a couple of balsa kits. But like they weren't RC balsa kits. Um, they were models and they were also okay. a control line. OK. So I'm like, OK, you know, and I go in and uh, this older gentleman welcomes me in and um, it's cool. You know, it's it's definitely lacking a lot of newer um stuff it was definitely a lot of older stuff and you know when you start seeing a lot of um what did it call them i don't know those big antennas <laughs> 72 megahertz yes, fm yeah, or AM. Okay. you know you see a lot fishing of those, yeah fishing poles that's it yeah when you see a lot of fishing poles and then like you see a lot oh, of wow. um really old yeah I, and, and i think it's just the shop itself but it was they had some trains they had some like plastic models and and they had some you know RC models hanging up that was hanging up on the from the rafters, but it wasn't like complete. They were like I don't know. One looked like a almost like a rare bear shape kind of plane, a low wing uh-huh. um, uh-huh. balsa kit, but it wasn't complete. Like no motor, no ailerons, you know, like none of the control surfaces were there. Like the wing was built, the fuselage was built, but not much of the so, uh, rest of it was built. 
somebody started it and then just give up or that's or what I, it looked like either somebody started okay. or maybe the hobby shop owner started it and was like okay. i'll work on it you know when he has time and maybe he takes it down and works on it and puts it back up i don't okay. know okay gotcha. you know um and they had like a couple of some cheesy drones on the shelves like the toy ones and not it wasn't any hobby grade one that i could tell yeah but um yeah, it was kind of a disappointment. <laughs> you know, I was hoping to find something a little bit better, maybe a helicopter or two, and I can, you know, chat to him about it. Or, But yeah. it just wasn't really that much. And so I basically kind of walked in there, took a 10-minute browse, and then, you know, it's like, okay, thanks, see you later. Um, but well, You never know. Maybe there was a good shop on the other side of town or something. I know, I know. I did look up, and there were a couple other shops that were listed, but looking okay. from the pictures, it looked more... Um, model based and RC based. So okay, like static model. Yeah, okay. a lot of static models, a lot of like boats and trains, and like you know, just things that people build and take, you know, years to meticulously make them look scale. Um, but it was cool nonetheless. I, I'm I'm glad, and I did put a post up on what is it? Uh, I mean RC Heli Hangout or SAB V Bar Hangout, whatever it's called now. Uh, and and yeah. I did get a couple of folks that posted saying that hey I'm in the Dublin area too and uh, I do fly and they fly at this this park which my coworker said was the biggest park in a city in Europe. Okay. So that's their claim to fame, um, Phoenix Park I think it was called. And uh, you know, but they only fly on the weekends and I was basically there from Sunday to Friday, so I didn't really get a chance to um, be able to hit up the field. Right. Um, but I think I got back home and I got home on Friday, Saturday, chilled with the family, and then Sunday I went flying, and I got tons of flights in. I got, I mean, I don't know. Like, usually I have three battery packs for the Goblin Five Hundred, so I usually burn through those. I burn through four packs on the Goblin uh, Seven Hundred, White Black Thunder, Havoc, whatever. I'll call it these days. And then I got like probably about four or five flights on the Nitro too. And, you know, that's not like a ton of flights numerically. But to me, who haven't fl- I haven't flown in a couple of weeks, it felt like I was just, you know, banging out flights in. And, right. you know, it was fun. So and That's a good amount. I mean, that's a decent, yeah. a decent day's worth. Yeah. Yeah. I got, what, probably like 11 or 12 flights or so. so. Yeah. So that's not bad. too bad. Um, beyond that. I've been doing a little stuff around the house, but no, no, nothing else in the hobby. So, um, oh, I do want to apologize. I totally, f- totally flaked. Like, I released the episode last week, um, like Thursday, probably came out Thursday morning because of the time difference. But I totally, like, flaked out on a Facebook post. <laughs> so I, I posted the Facebook post today <laughs> on oh. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, and I think I put, like, um, something like episode 167 is out. From last Friday, <laughs> lol. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, but yeah. yeah, it usually pops up in everybody's stream stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, all the folks that you know um, subscribe to us will definitely get it on their stream. But uh, it's it's you know I do like posting it on uh, Facebook because we have several listeners and yeah, friends cool. that share it out and stuff. So to get that exposure. Um, but anyways, I want to get. I want to hear about your uh, trip two weeks ago, right? Yeah, two weeks ago, I went to Birmingham to do the ditch, and uh, it was fun. So, My did you do the ditch? 
Uh, yeah, sort of, but I did the ditch from like 20 feet in the air. Because, <laughs> you know, I fly like a pansy. But it's my first time down there. It, I mean, it's a, it's a nice little club. Uh, the weather was kind of shitty. It was, uh, it, it was, uh, Saturday, let's see, Friday, it wasn't too bad, but it was super windy and the wind was blowing in your face. Uh, so, the worst kind. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of crappy. And then Saturday it kind of got chilly and cold. Uh, fortunately it didn't really rain. It rained a little bit Friday morning and uh, rained a lot Thursday night, but by the time everybody got there and got going Friday, the rain was over. But it's just kind of cold and windy, you know, typical March weather, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I had a blast anyway. Uh, that's something everybody should realize. Going to these fun flies, if it looks like the weather's going to be crappy, just go anyway. You'll still have fun. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. You know, meet up with your buddies and stuff. Even if you can't fly a whole lot, you can have a lot of fun BSing and hanging out. Nice. Um, yeah, I had a couple local guys here from East Tennessee go down. Craig Quillen, mm-hmm. uh, that was on the show a few weeks ago. Yep. And Ray Bacon. And uh, Dan Mernan. Nice. Went down. Dan the man, Mernan. Mm-hmm. Uh, brought his, uh, see what he brought. He brought his goblin nitro and his glogo nice. uh, he he packed them in a golf case and and shit uh flew down and then stayed in the camper with awesome. me. so i got to look the glogo over pretty well mm-hmm. uh and then i proceeded to break his glogo what yeah <laughs> i went to fly and this was on saturday kind of late saturday evening okay and i don't know either Either I accidentally flipped the switch to spool up and then back off, or the switch, he said the switch maybe was a little janky on the sim, but anyway, it quick spooled on the ground and did a 180 and broke the tail pitch slider. Fortunately, that was the only damage, but uh, yeah, so (laughs) that was my fault. Hmm. I don't know what happened. I'm sure I screwed it up because you know that's why i always hate flying other people's stuff different switches and different places and everything yeah i don't think i flipped it but i don't know something happened it quick spooled on the ground you know i'm just wondering how to quick spool doesn't it normally like well like auto bailout type of thing you know yeah so i guess it's set up to where you would uh I don't know how is this set up. It's on the V control, but anyway, he has the I guess bailout set up for doing autos. So it toggled into run and then I guess back into off or idle, idle? maybe. Yeah, yeah. And then went when I went to spool up, it was in quick spool. Yeah, mode. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but did, mm-hmm. didn't have any other damage other than it spun around and you know the tail kind. Of, kind of hit the uh, grass and the ground and broke the tail pitch slider and slid the tail box up on the shaft a little bit, loosened the belt. Yeah. Uh, wasn't bad, just that one part, thank goodness. Did Shannon I have re- the part? 
no, Shannon had already left. Oh, this okay. was late Saturday. Oh, right on. I think he said he had one. It's the same as the 690. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, wasn't a big deal. We had to take it apart anyway that evening so we could put it back in his case. Okay. Uh, let's see. We met up with John Allen and Tyson. Nice. A couple of the hooligans. They had come over from Wilmington. Mm-hmm. Tom Shin was there from Atlanta. Nice. And met some guys, uh, Barry Tilson and Lance Pittman from Michigan. Oh, yeah. I know Lance. Out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were camped out beside uh, John. Cool guys. Yeah. Barry said he was a listener. Oh, so nice. Chat with him for a little while. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. And, of course, Sh- Shannon Turner and his son Caleb from Only Fine Hellies. Mm-hmm. Was there with his new trailer? That thing is freaking sweet. Oh yeah. So, so I'm curious. Um, so he just opens it up and it's like maybe slides out a couple extra racks and then it gets it right. Basically, just opened the side door. Like he had his ten by twenty pop up tent set mm-hmm. up with some tables, with some you know shirts, hats, stuff like that. They had okay. the chargers and Haley sitting out. Nice. But then he just had the side door to the trailer open, so you could just walk in and. Tons of room, racks down both sides of the walls. It's a 28-foot-long trailer, Oof. a high ceiling. So you had mm-hmm. uh, several kits, parts for you know about everything, a line, goblin, synergy, oxy, uh, quite a good assortment of parts and you know motors, ESCs, just just about just a you know a, a store, a full store. Yeah, right. Yeah, a mobile, so that was really cool. yeah, a mobile pop-up that. store. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. This was his maiden trip on it. He said he's still kind of fine-tuning how he wants everything set up, but mm-hmm. it looked good to me. Got it's got a lot of room in there. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so that was cool. And then uh, met a fellow teammate, Jesse Allen, from up in Ohio, and his nice. dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have kind of known Jesse, seen him on Facebook, but I had actually met him in person yeah he's up there with uh mike soby and those guys over in ohio yep and he flies cool dude he does a killer like he has like killer skills on an airplane too oh yeah yeah Yeah, we we were talking about uh gas or airplanes and of course he flies synergy helis Mm -hmm. and stuff so that's cool nice and got to meet up with some of our listeners uh michael Let's see. Leipzig. He said it's like a, a line son bitch. Leipzig. <laughs> that, that was his words. <laughs> and his son Micah and then Chuck Bowl uh-huh. over in Oklahoma. Got to chat with those guys a lot. Nice. Pretty pretty nice bunch. And uh, Jason Moa from Indiana. It's a cool guy. And then I... Uh, Got to ch- uh, talk with Nick Maxwell and, and Matt Bodos. Nice. They were both there on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I got to hang out with them a little bit. That's uh, always the good thing about these smaller events. Like I've met Nick a couple times just in passing, like at Urcha or mm-hmm. Joe Nall or places like that. But they're always so busy. Yeah. Got a million things going on. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. A small event like this, we was able to have a conversation and. Uh, Craig is actually thinking about possibly getting a Diablo 600 to replace his Compass 6HV. And uh, nice. so we got to talk to Nick about those. And 
got to chat with Matt Bodos for a little while. Unfortunately, I didn't see any new models. No. Hmm. No, no new models yet. Nothing prototyped so. or nothing, huh? Uh, no. Not yet. Not on record, anyway. Right, right. But, uh, but anyway, um, oh, I should give a thanks to uh, Ernie Hester. was kind of the guy organizing the event and the Birmingham RC Helicopter Club. Nice. What a, what a nice guy. I talked to him a long time, and we had they had sixty seven pilots. So that's a pretty good pretty decent turnout. Yeah, for I thought sure. so. Yeah, especially with the weather like it was and everything. Uh, he felt like a probably a few people maybe didn't come that were planning to because of the uh, rain and stuff in the forecast. So, but all in all, was was a good event. I had a blast. Uh, took the camper down. So how'd that work out for you? Yeah, it worked good. Yeah, no problem. This is your no second trip now, right? This was the second trip. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, before we move on from this, um, yeah, sure. <clears throat> from the Birmingham Fun Fly. So I saw a video, of Caleb. And oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He that was free. which which heli was that? He was he was that really was the five. Five sixteen. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the one that went in the ditch. Yeah, yeah. Went into the yeah. ditch and the ditch was a little bit of, bit of water there. <laughs> oh yeah, it went it yeah, it went in the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Only damage on the whole entire thing was it stripped the main gear. He actually spooled it up. Yeah, yeah. Took it into a hover, but it was, you know, tick, 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 tick. I wish he just went ahead and flown a circuit like I think he could have. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh, he wasn't sure what was going on. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a fantastic flight. We were all, uh-huh. all out there cheering him on, you know. Nice. He was, uh, I mean, he was just playing with that water. He mm. he'd almost got in it a couple times. <laughs> nice. Which is cool. It made for a really good video. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah and Caleb's next... neat. He, every time I see him, he's better. Like, he just keeps getting I mean, better and better. Yeah, he's a kid, and he just progresses without oh, even yeah. thinking about it. It's amazing. Um. And the other thing I saw was uh, Chuck had a little incident with his 766, if I believe. I don't know if you saw that in, in real life. I don't remember seeing that one, Chuck Bowl. Yeah. I don't remember seeing that. I saw Michael, Michael Leipzig. He saw his video, right? His, oh, yeah, okay. he smashed his uh, Logo 700 on Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Last yeah? flight, fixing to leave. Right. Yeah, he piled it in pretty good. Yeah, if you're going to do it, that's the time to do it, right? Yeah, <laughs> right before exactly. you leave. <laughs> exactly. No, I think uh, I saw a video. I don't, know, I, I don't know if it's Michael that that posted it, but um, Chuck landed and he had his heli in idle, in like motor idle. Okay. And it was spooling down and he hit full positive. Accidentally hit it. Oh, and it jumped off the ground. It jumped off the ground and landed in the, the ditch. Oh, And goodness. when he dug it out, like you had like, yeah, like you know, <laughs> weeds and just water and everything just coming off the tail and everything. I was, oh yeah, I was like, ooh, <laughs> I don't, I didn't see that. Okay, I really haven't been on uh, online much since mm-hmm. I got back. I've been busy trying to catch up work. Yeah, yeah. The weather turned here, so I've I've been going uh, daylight till dark, basically trying to get ready for spring. Nice. Well, it seemed so, like a really good time out there, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, it's a great time. All right. A lot of synergy guys, but yeah, you know, we ha- we have 
all sorts. Uh, Brendan Hire, a uh, young kid, flies a yeah. uh, XL. Uh, XL Power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was tearing it up. Yeah. Very good pilot. Uh, Scott Graham and uh, Michael uh, Lawrence, I believe it is, from North Carolina. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Scott was tearing it up with his goblins. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. He's a really good pilot, too. Yeah, the videos I've seen, he's, he's, he kicks ass, yeah. Yeah, he's got the a Drake and a Freedom Edition and a Havoc nice. scheme goblins. So he's all goblined up. Mm-hmm. But nice guys, too. Awesome. Did, didn't get to do a whole lot of night flying. Uh, everybody kind of shut down early Friday night because it was so cold and windy. Did do some spotlight flying on Saturday night, which was fun. Did they have um, construction lights and stuff or just uh, spotlights? Just, just, just spotlights. Okay. Yeah, Craig actually flew the first time under spotlights, and he was like, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> He's <laughs> yeah. So he had a really good time with that. Nice. He was ready to go all night. Yeah. Awesome. John Allen brought his smoker and smoked a big-ass brisket. Ah, oh, nice. That, yeah, for dinner Saturday, so that mm-hmm. was fun. Did they have food there or just people they barbecue? Had a, they had a barbecue truck come on Saturday from like, I don't know, 10 to 5 or 4 or something like that. Okay. Through the middle of the day, so a vendor, and then uh, there's several eating places five ten minutes away, three or four miles. Not not bad. Nice. So, the the field's kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it's only like ten minutes into town, so it's okay. It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, but close enough for hotels and restaurants and stuff, grocery stores. Nice. It was cool. I, I enjoyed it. I'll be looking forward to next year going again yeah awesome all right uh all right michael so how's your uh i don't know let's just say last week or so been well uh it's been interesting i just got back from about two months up in Yellowknife, canada just right at the tip of the northwest territories (laughs) wow wow uh we've been doing cold weather testing up there on a new helicopter it was a very long, long time, but it was nice to come back from uh, temperatures of down to negative 40 degrees Damn. and come back to Texas where it's sure. about 70. Right. <laughs> That's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> negative and 40. It, wow. It felt like it was burning when I got back here. Yeah. I bet. Oh, man. Negative 40. Damn. That's cold. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. chilly. Even 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 I can say that's cold shit. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. All right. Should we just go into the main topic then? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So let's uh right. let's get to know Michael some some more here. Uh. So first of all, Michael, where are you located? Well, I'm in Arlington, Texas. Okay. Nice. And uh, how long have you been in the hobby? Well, I've been kind of mixed in and out of the hobby for quite a while. Um, In helicopters, probably about seven years, somewhere around in there. Mm -hmm. And in fixed wing, I would say 
five years, six years of real fixed wing and many, many years of crappy air hogs, remote controlled airplanes before that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those count, sort of. Eh, they, they sort of <laughs> steer, right? Yeah. They sort of fly. I mean, yeah, they Enough sort of steer. Enough to guide them from almost missing the tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you now just fly helis or do you also fly, you know, planes and multi-rotors? So I, I fly helis and airplanes. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a pretty good mix of both. Nice. Definitely a lot more airplanes, but I think the helicopters get more flight time. Mm, nice. Um, so what got you interested in the hobby? Well, I, I've been obsessed with aviation since I was extremely young. My dad owns a full-scale helicopter. Nice. So <clears throat> I learned to fly in that as I was growing up. And from there, I mean, I've been doing everything I can in the, the model aviation hobby, starting with the plastic model kits and kind of working my way up from there to be the Gillows stick-built kits, and mm -hmm. now a lot of the, the free-wing and flightline RC jets and warbirds and uh, scale helicopters. Nice. Nice. Um, so you were saying that you were in Canada. What do you do for a living, if you don't mind us asking? So I'm a flight test engineer for Bell Helicopter. Ooh, that's got to be interesting, wow. huh? Can you tell us something about that? Like, um, yeah. how like how long have you been doing it? I've been at Bell for about three years now. Okay. And it's essentially our job to take what engineers spend their lives building and designing, and uh, we go out and try to tell them what's wrong with it. <laughs> nice. So we we run the aircraft, a new aircraft, through every test in the book, and see what happens and uh try to get everything working as it should or prove that it does work as it should mm -hmm. right um so that's gotta be that's gotta be interesting i mean taking taking a you know a helicopter that's hasn't really proven itself right as like as as a reliable you know safe helicopter like how does like i don't know i mean you must have some scary moments and stuff huh? i was gonna say you got any stories of yeah like, like shit going wrong <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that you can share and you don't have to get the specifics of like what went wrong with what helicopter or anything like that but just just your overall experience you know no i don't think there have been too many scary experiences there's in flight tests, we like to approach everything as methodically as possible. So mm -hmm. you think of your, your test pilot as, you know, your, your suited up Chuck Yeager who's ready to go straight out there and go to Mach 1 and back. Well, that's not how we take it. It's one tiny step at a time out there and looking. You start from a, a new helicopter that has no envelope. It has... You don't, you don't know where it's it's safe to fly the aircraft, essentially. You right. start from hover, mm -hmm. and you just slowly work your way out in speed, and you have a, a team. And there, how it works is you have a, the telemetry station. So you have a telemetry center somewhere, and that's monitoring all these data codes on board the aircraft. Okay. And 
So you have guys from propulsion, from structures, from uh, landing gear, from software, from rotor dynamics, and every conceivable end of the spectrum all talking to you. And as the flight test engineer, you take the input from all those guys telling telling you what's going on and what they're seeing, and you communicate that information to the pilot so that they can execute the test conditions. Okay. Hmm. So when you're so you're trying to find the the flight envelope like so how do you go about that you look for vibrations or or like how do you know when you're getting to the edge i guess is what i'm asking it's it's a lot of different things there are a lot of different areas that can define the edge of the envelope one of the main ones that you start out with is you have the design criteria for the aircraft you know all the numbers that it was designed to, and if it was designed to those numbers, you don't want to go beyond those numbers. Sure. Um, from there, you know, there each component has its own limits. They might have loads associated with it or a vibration, and you're looking at that information. You're looking at, uh, in our case, we're building a fly-by-wire helicopter. Hmm. So you're looking at how the software is responding, how the computers are responding. Right. And any one of those factors can call, hey, that's the end of testing. We found our limit. Either we need to go back to base and do something about it, or 99.99% of the time, we need to sit down, have a discussion about it. And uh, normally, all us test guys are as cautious as you can get and most of the time when we see something we get back to base we talk about it we go through it and do our analysis and it turns out everything's fine we're safe to keep going right nice well that's what we have the simulator for all our flight controls guys and everything have they run all their stuff in lab simulations mm -hmm. they have all the real hardware from the aircraft spread out and run everything through that actual hardware and see how it responds and uh, mm -hmm. they're able to get a lot of the bugs out of the system before we even know there was a bug in the first place nice right. nice right. that's so interesting that is it's very interesting i'm curious also like when 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 the helicopter gets brought to you and your team and your test pilots and everything like usually how long does it take from like that moment to like everything is signed off and you know your flight envelope, you know that like this is what it can do and capabilities of it. And that, you know, then like the company says, okay, we are ready to release this helicopter for, you know, for commercial use. If you, it depends on what kind of helicopter you're certifying and how new it is. So you can kind of take things at a, one step at a time if you're making an incremental upgrade from a previous helicopter and then that's pretty easy to keep going and maybe you get it done in a year but if it's a brand new helicopter uh, with a lot of complex systems on it then it's it's going to take a lot longer it can take up to five six seven or eight years maybe even if it's wow. a whole new type wow it's so a that's a long time to, for turnaround i mean it needs to be done but i didn't think it would take six seven years wow 
Well, for that one, you can look at uh, the main one is the Augusta 609. Yeah. So that was designed to be the first civilian tilt rotor. And it's still being certified. And for perspective, I'm, I'm 25 right now. And I remember reading about that aircraft's first flight when I was in elementary school. Hmm. Wow. Wow. So it's, it's been in certification for a very long time. It's, it's a complex aircraft. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. It, it's just when you're not in it, you don't think. It's like, oh, okay, year, do all the testing. But I guess it just takes that so many different things to test, I assume. Yeah, and in those kind of cases, one of the other things that can hurt you in terms of your timing is, well, if it's a new configuration, the regulatory authorities really don't know how to deal with it yet. Sure. So it takes them a while to figure out what questions they need to ask to make sure the aircraft is safely certified. Yeah. Yeah, they always move so quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, like all government entities. Uh-huh. Um, that's cool. That's cool. I was actually just looking up Bell and they have this, what is this Bell Nexus? So the Nexus is a project that Bell just unveiled, I think this year, uh, but it is an entry for Uber has come out with, uh, they're trying to solicit proposals for what they're calling an air taxi. Hmm. So it's a hybrid electric, uh, Basically, a turbine jet turns a generator on it, mm-hmm. charges the battery, and that's what powers the six electric ducted fans. That's six ducted fans and takes off vertically. The ducts tilt forward, and it turns itself into an airplane. Yeah, I mean, think oh, this cool. thing looks super high tech. Like the interior looks so futuristic. It's not even like it. It seems like it should be in Star Trek. Well, I mean, that's. That's the goal. It's a flying car. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Uh, and especially if you look at what they're trying to do on that project eventually, saying the f- it's designed to be manned for the first year or two, maybe three of operation, and mm-hmm. then it's designed to be fully autonomous. Wow. That's awesome. That's crazy looking. It's... Uh, my heart goes out to those guys who have to design all those flight control laws. <laughs> yeah, right. That that cannot be a small project. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, let's kind of get back into the hobby. <laughs> um, that's cool, though. Uh, so do you have any sponsorships? I do not have any official sponsorships. It's a lot. It's a lot more difficult and interesting to find that sort of thing in the scale side of the hobby. Sure, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, uh, do you sim? I I do sim very rarely on a very old sim. I have whatever the last version of Phoenix was before it went completely gone. Was yeah, it five, I think, or five point five, maybe. Yeah, that yeah. that sounds about right. But when when you're trying to practice for a scale flying so mm-hmm. much of it is the very detailed feel of the aircraft trying to make it look and respond like it's the full scale machine 
sure. you really don't get a good feel for it on the simulator. No, I, I wouldn't think a sim would be very good for that. No. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, all right, so we're talking about scale birds and stuff. What's uh, What do you have in your fleet? Well, I'll start out with the flyable ones. That'll be the shorter <laughs> one. Um, my mainstay of my fleet, the one that I will fly in almost anything, is I have a 500-size AH-6 Little Bird, which that's the, the military version of the Hughes 500. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the Special Forces and stuff. Yeah. Use it. Right. Yep, so I have that all painted up black in the Special oh, cool. Forces scheme with mini guns hanging off of the side of it. Nice. And... Uh, full five-bladed head on it and everything. But it is so stable and so nice to fly. I flew that one out at uh, Flight Fest Texas in 35-mile-an-hour winds. Wow. And did not care. Mm. <laughs> nice. Wow. I bet you were the only one out flying in that. <laughs> there board airplanes don't work too good. 30. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not not any other helicopters though. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's the mainstay. The other one right behind it, I have a UH one C gunship Huey. And that's also five hundred size. Uh, all my stuff is based around T Rex frames for the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gonna ask oh, yeah. go ahead. No, I'll ask you later. All right. Well, from there, you start moving on to the the project bench and the work-in-progress helis. (laughs) Um, I have next on the queue a old Hirobo Delphine. So it's a Eurocopter Delphine that was a 90-size Nitro. Wow. And I picked this thing up on RC groups, and I've, I've been slowly converting it to go to electric so i designed a a bracket that mounts in place where the old glow engine was and uh, bolt in an electric motor and keep the clutch in there so i can get the nice smooth slow spool up on it nice oh yeah that's neat that one i'm i'm hoping to have flying soon Right after that one, I uh, have a 500-size Apache. Cool. A Roban fuselage on it. And that one flew fantastic for a while, and then I had the main gear fail. No, no. So the, the strange thing with that aircraft is it's a T-Rex 500 mechanics and everything, but they put their own frames on the side of it. And because the fuselage of the Apache is so skinny, they have a custom main gear, this smaller 120-tooth gear that drops in there. Well, I don't know for sure, but I think that custom main gear was designed years and years ago when uh, the the standard was the lightweight two-bladed heads. Mm. And... I, of course, decided to deck it out, and I have a four-bladed tail rotor on it, a four-bladed main rotor, and it's fully loaded up. I have servos that move the gun around. The horizontal stabilizer is uh, able to move up and down. 
I have the little tads, uh, the gun sight at the front, the FLIR, and the laser designator that is servo-activated to move with the gun. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but what it means is you have a 700, or a, a 500 size heli that weighs in at about seven and a half pounds. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> that poor little main gear, I don't think, uh, can really <laughs> take the stress of this overloaded heli. Uh-huh. And if you did much more, really anything more than a uh, a normal, flat, very, very slow and scale circuit, I had that main gear strip. I had it happen twice in flight, auto-rotated successfully the first time, not so successfully the second time. Mm. So I'm piecing it back together and trying to make a 3d model of that gear so i can get it uh cnc'd in aluminum there you yeah. go to put an end to that problem yeah nice then uh, a couple more from there i have a work in progress oh58a kiowa it's based around the t-rex 600 a Bell 222 that's also based around a T-Rex 600. And an old Sikorsky H-34 Choctaw that's based around a 500 T-Rex. So that's one of the old Sikorskys that had the radial up front. Mm-hmm. Nice. Really, really unique looking aircraft. Yeah. And then uh, sitting on the sidelines for the last two, the big ones... I have the Roban 700 sized Super Cobra, which has everything, has all the parts sitting there waiting for me to have time to put it together. And uh, I have a T Rex 700 that has the five bladed head on it. And I'm working to custom make a fuselage that will match the aircraft that I work on. I work oh, on the, cool. the Bell yeah. 525 Relentless. Uh-huh. Oh, that'd be cool, Bell, yeah. It's uh, a big super medium helicopter, they call it. It's almost a heavy lift helicopter. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, that's uh, the small bit of the project bench. Nice. You can't fixed wing. It'll go, this podcast will go another hour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you still you, fly any, you know, you should. Yeah, do you it. have a couple planes that are like your go-to planes you fly a lot, mm-hmm. or you think? Yeah, I have a, I have some pretty good go-to airplanes. I have the, the FMS fifteen hundred millimeter P forty seven. Nice. That airplane I have customized the heck out of. I repainted it and about doubled the size of the motor on it put on a scale diameter four-bladed propeller and it is just the sweetest most scale flying airplane and then you push the throttle a little bit forward and it'll climb (laughs) vertical out of sight yeah (laughs) that's awesome that thing is fantastic fun and then uh on the jet side i think one of my favorites is the, the Freewing F-86, 80 millimeter. That airplane is one of the only jets I've had forgiving enough. F-86. That, that's, a, that's a Sabre, right? The one that like has a, your intake is the nose of the, the plane, right? 
That's it. Yeah, okay. But that airplane was forgiving enough and slow-flying enough that uh, back when I was in college, we, we had a RC field that was on campus, and I was teaching somebody to fly on their apprentice, and he had been flying for about a month. Well, I buddy-boxed him on that F-86 jet, and he flew it hands-off. Yeah. I, I don't know many ducted fan jets that you can you can do that with. Yeah. That's cool. All right. So, so uh, let's kind of talk about like your supporting equipment. Like you know, do you, so since you fly a lot of scale, do you have like a. And I guess you need a lot of channels for all your additional servos and gun turrets and all that stuff. Uh, so I'm curious what radio you fly, um, you know, well, stuff like that. Yeah, um, I fly Spectrum. I just got an IX-12. Ah, oh, sweet. Um, I've been flying a, the DX-9 up until then. Mm-hmm. Both have worked fantastic. Uh, for batteries, I use... I use a lot of the Motion RC Admiral brand. The Admiral Pros, I've had really good luck with. Sure. They seem to give a lot of power, and they're very lightweight. Yeah. They also happen to be the only battery that fits in my 500 size Little Bird. Uh, the only one that's the proper weight and size, so I have a lot of those just because it fits that helicopter like a glove. Sure. Nice. Um, for chargers, I have, I have the, the Hobby King quad core charger and, uh, that, that's nice. Cause that's my first one that does multiple batteries at once. I've been doing one battery at once up until December of this year. And now this one does four. So that's, that's made things a lot quicker. Nice. think if there's anything i missed motors um i use scorpion and just about everything and uh, a lot of the castle creations escs mm-hmm. those have been nice just for uh my favorite thing is pulling the data on it and then you can yeah. tell exactly how efficient you've been and where you're starting to get close on temperature right mm-hmm that uh, that really helps you tell if you've sealed the motor too deep in a scale fuselage and uh, starting to overheat something. <laughs> it's very easy to hide that uh, in a, a scale aircraft. And if, if you get it to the point where it matters, it's too late. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's... That's the only downside, in my opinion, to the scale stuff is if you do happen to get in the the zone of doing something stupid or something decides to break on you. I spent a year and a half building my 500 size Huey. So that has all the rivets down the side and scale as I could get it. Yeah. And the rotor head was... Uh, had to be ordered from a company in Germany that does them on a CNC basis. So there's not 
a whole lot of spares available anywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. That's the thing that always scared me from scale. I mean, not only the cost, but the time you put into it. Yeah. That, that, you crash it, you'd just be heartbroken, I think. It it all depends how far you want to go. I've seen a mm-hmm. lot of guys. I know Chris Rybert, well, you know, he flew, he flies his scale with all the windows painted out and a two-bladed head on it. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. that's... That's no problem. Spares are easy to get for it. It flies probably about as good as you can get any 3D machine to fly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. But uh, I'm I'm a little more on the scale purist side. I like uh, my big multi-bladed heads and everything. Yeah. Do you, so? Do you um do you paint your blades and stuff to to give it like a more traditional scale look? You know, with the white and the reds, or kind of like how um. Yeah, you would see in a real heli. I do, and uh, in some cases, I I go a step above that with the blades. Really, I'll talk huh. about that a little bit on the uh, on the Huey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going back and forth, seeing a lot of the real ones and a lot of the you know, the scale models I was growing up with, the Huey has those big, wide, flat-tipped blades. Yeah, and I couldn't get over the idea. I had put a couple of, you know, normal 3D style blades on it and even painted with the rounded tips on it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't convince myself. It just looks too wrong. I have to fix it. Okay. How do you fix so, that? <clears throat> well, I found some blades. I put some 500 millimeter blades on the T-Rex 500 mm-hmm. and uh, decided to take that blade and dremel off the tip of it. <laughs> so I dremeled off the tip, sanded it down, applied a couple of plies of fiberglass to the end of that, sealed it with epoxy, sanded it, painted over the whole thing, and uh, what resulted is a blade that looks exactly like a Huey blade. Wow. Scale cord length. Yeah. It was the scale size of the blade, and... Uh, black with the yellow tips and everything yeah that's awesome wow and they balanced and everything huh you had to i'm sure you had to rebalance and everything and there was there was definitely a fair amount of that that's one of the one of the annoying things for this is as opposed to a lot of the the 3d stuff and the trainer aircraft i always used to balance with uh with tape Mm -hmm. well on a, a scale aircraft, you don't want tape all over. No, no yeah. So, I was doing high build primer. You buy this thick high build uh, spray primer at uh-huh. Home Depot, uh-huh. and you shoot a little bit of that on each blade, and then you run back to the scale, put it on, sand <laughs> off like 0.3 grams, and <laughs> wow. go shoot a little bit on the other blade, and after a oh, couple man. hours, you get close enough where oh, wow. you uh, you call it quits or. Uh, <laughs> or it's good enough. <laughs> how do you, how do you do that without affecting the airfoil, though? Uh, it's it's so minute in terms of its weight and affecting yeah. the airfoil. Okay. It it really don't think it does anything. Wow, that's some dedication to get to that scale detail. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It. Uh, <laughs> 
sometimes you stop in the middle of it after three hours and go, what the hell am I doing? I should just go <laughs> But yeah. yeah. At the end of it, when you finally get everything perfect where you want it, it is the best feeling. Like, I finally did it. That's how it's going to look. And it looks as good as I could ask it mm. to. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's cool. The same thing for the Apache. I had to hunt a while around. It's very difficult for these multi-bladed rotor heads to find a, a very thin blade. Mm-hmm. So I found these these thin blades. Uh, Hirobo in Japan stocks these 425 millimeter thin cord blades, and they have the little sweat tips on them, like an Apache. Yeah. Nice. So uh, I've been running those on it. They look perfect and they fly fantastic. It's uh, been interesting. Wow. Do you uh, do you compete at all, Michael, with the scale, like at Urcha or any local competitions? At some local competitions, yeah. Uh, every year. There's a club over in Fort Worth that hosts the Texas Scale Masters. Uh-huh. And by my urging and bugging our local AMA rep about it, they added a helicopter class. Nice. And I've now won that helicopter class three years in a row. Nice. So is this is this like static model? Like, you know, like when we go to like an AMA East, we'll see like some... You know, turbine helicopters all set up and weathered and, you know, with like, you know, true to scale rotor heads and all that. Like, like the Urcha. Yeah. You get judged on the static and then you also get judged on your flight. Is, is that yeah. the way it works? It's definitely more like that. Okay. So, <clears throat> you have the option to do either. If, you know, if it's a really nasty day and you're too scared to fly, what? taking you two years to build you can just do the static mm. right. but the the way to go is you have a flight plan written down of about 10 maneuvers and uh-huh. you try to execute those maneuvers and look as scale as possible okay yeah, yeah i think the uh with the ama like the nats the helicopter scale nats that they do at urcha i think they'll even allow you to have a, a pile a different person pilot your aircraft so if you're a very good builder but maybe not the best pilot then you can have someone else fly and get judged oh that's interesting yeah that's Hmm. they have a whole category for team scale well they allow you to do that okay Uh, but i think most most of what i've seen so far here has just been the the pilot and the builder sure but uh, unfortunately, I haven't seen a whole lot of scale helicopters around the area. I've only seen maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. Keep hoping that the word on the competition will get out a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we'll see a couple. Yeah. And then uh, it'll be nice, too. Helicopters over Apache Pass is coming up in about two weeks. I'm planning nice. on being there and... Uh, and flying, and I know there were there were a couple other scale guys there last year as well. Uh huh. The nice. facilities in the field there are just perfect for having as much space as you want to go and uh, and fly out of everybody else's way. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I know it, it's a hike for you, but if you ever make it up to the Urchin Jamboree, there's a, a fairly large amount of scale yeah. stuff going on there. It's, yeah, definitely. I think I saw well over like 20, 30 uh, yeah, scale at birds least. at least. And wow. you know, a lot of, lot of turbines. Um, just, just, and they're, they're like you, I think they like attention to details impeccable. Like, you know, your rivets and uh, the pilot, your gauge cluster and, and just like the seats, everything just look amazing on them. And some of them are, you know, being that the turbine too, which, you know, then now you're getting to the sound and the feel of it too. Right. So, so, um, yeah, those are really amazing. It's, it's pretty impressive. It is. Yeah. That is that is on my list of events to attend. I I will have to make it up there at some point. Yeah, I saw you, the uh, the live stream from uh, AMA was doing a, a tour walk around there mm-hmm. last year, and I was uh-huh. I was drooling over some of those scale helicopters. <laughs> oh yeah, you, sure. you wouldn't be disappointed. No, I mean there's a whole community, the whole group of scale, kind of over off to the side. Yeah, with their own tent and flying. Flight yeah. line and the whole works and yeah the whole thing some they had their own food and everything stuff. yeah it was great <laughs> <laughs> yeah that um, sounds fantastic so talking about turbines that I, I've seen are, are you planning on maybe one day picking up a a big like eight hundred size you know turbine powered scale heli or building one I guess <laughs> you don't really just pick them up but I guess you build them too yeah um. <laughs> I honestly don't know if I could convince myself to spend that kind of money. <laughs> not, not quite yet. Not yet, okay. <laughs> I, I keep telling myself if I ever get to the point where I'm going to spend that much money, I'm going to buy a full-scale fixed-wing airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. But, uh, yeah, what I have been looking at, which, <laughs> for my own self-amusement, probably isn't any cheaper. <laughs> um. There's a company out there called Rotormast, and they make a perfectly scale collective pitch V-22 Osprey. Ooh. Oh, that'd be awesome. And it's essentially, a, it's about two 450 helicopters joined together, but it functions and flies exactly like the real one, yeah. has retracts and a kit for the folding wing and all those kind of goodies and at Bell, we had a V-22 in the hangar for a number of years. So I, I got to see, have the pleasure of seeing it fly a, a couple of times. And I would I would love to build one. Nice. Um, yeah, those things are so cool. Yeah, right now we're, uh, we're actually testing the kind of next-gen version. We're testing the V280 Valor. So that's the Army's looking for a tilt rotor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Give them a lot a lot higher speeds and a lot faster range than what their current generation helicopters have. Right. So that's been cranking full tilt out of uh, the flight test facilities for about two years now. Nice. That'll be neat. Nice. Which one, um, Andy? Which 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 one was that one that we saw in uh, uh, the last 
Orlando Heli blowout. It was. It was oh, some... Danny Milnick's uh, Chinook. Chinook. That's it. Yeah, uh, that thing was humongous. I don't even know what skill that big. was, but that was. I don't know. It's it's uh, God. It's got to be eight or nine hundred millimeter yeah. blades. Three blade head. Yeah, two uh, of them, right? You, you know, know, two. Yeah, dual. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think. I, I mean, standing next to it, I, I, I that thing got to be like seven, eight feet long. Like it was. It looks humongous. like you could lay down in it and fly around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for real. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, I'm sure there's some videos on YouTube. You could probably uh, Google up and and see. But yeah, Danny Melnick, um, he had this huge. I don't even. I don't even think it was like. It was gray, right? I don't think he had it like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He had some paint and stuff on there. Yeah. but I don't know what. I think it was more like a like a was. military like you know yeah, flat gray kind of, kind of deal. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that was impressive to see him flying that huge. It was really big and so smooth and so like oh, yeah. in control. It flew good. Yeah. yeah. And to think like you know the the Flybros unit, the Bavarian demon that he had on there that had mm-hmm. to deal with you know he, he said he had the little custom firmware on it because like you know when you deal with the two the dual rotor heads and stuff and how it um pivots and moves and and basically controls the heli it's definitely different than anything I've ever seen. It's definitely a neat bird. Mm-hmm. And I remember that OHBs where we saw the, the guys with the Coast Guard helicopters doing yep. the bucket lifts. Yeah. The, the winch hoists and stuff. Yep, the door would open, drop the winch and stuff. Yeah, the bucket, the basket. Yeah. Yeah, baskets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty cool too. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah, right up your alley, Michael. <laughs> uh, you're giving me ideas now. I'm in the middle of building that uh, Coast Guard Delphine helicopter. There you go. Put <laughs> a winch and a basket on there. The yeah, and yeah. have a little door open, and you know, just have like the guys, um, like you know, want <laughs> like have like one of your figurines or whatever you call it, like the little figures that are yeah. in there. You know, action the action figure, the action figure, and have him like have his hands like on the door, so like when it swings open, his <laughs> his arm opens, and it looks like he opens the door. <laughs> you know, it tosses out a basket, it drops down, pick it back up. You know, <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that, that would be pretty damn fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it is neat. <laughs> oh, it's, it's those kind of features that uh, that really put that finishing touch on a good-looking scale helicopter. <laughs> it just makes it plain fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna go scale, it's like I don't know. Like you can go scale and just sport fly, but it's not the same. I think. Like if you want to go scale, you have to kind of go to that degree of scale, like. You know, your scale takeoffs, the way that the, the helicopter flies, adding little things like, um, you know, like the little things, like the, the doors opening or like how you had your gun turrets move and stuff. Like, that's cool. Like, if it's just static, then, I mean, it's still cool looking, but it just adds so much more to it. And if you're going to if you're gonna concentrate on being scale, I think you really should concentrate on being scale, you know? Right. Completely agree. And, mm-hmm. uh. That does remind me of one of the neat things I had looked at. I, I saw these a couple months ago. I, I need to look further into them. There was a guy out there who's building custom little LED displays that can mm. go in the instrument panel. For yeah. 
and they have each gauge actually works and is yeah. lit up as a display that moves around. Yeah, I saw I saw like a display at AMA East. I forgot what company it was, but yeah, they had that where like you know your altimeter and your you know the one that shows you your level will actually move and and oh, the instrument cool. panels will actually work. You know, I mean, it's all kind of pre-programmed, you know, stuff. But yeah. still, nobody's like, gonna see it and fly it. So no, but but when it's sitting that's there cool, and you're like, you yeah. know, you, you can like open the door and you can see all the stuff happening inside there. That's it's pretty that's dope. That's awesome. Thing I've always thought about is for some of them that especially like that artificial horizon that mm -hmm. actually works and tells yeah. you your level. I would love to put uh, a high definition FPV camera. Ah, uh, yeah. Actually, have you thought about that? Maybe you know doing an FPV with head tracking. So like not for you per se, maybe flying because I mean, or you could do it too. But just you know, I, I would. <laughs> I I feel that's a lot of money in the air and a lot of you know time. But uh, to have, like, you know, you could take, like, ride-alongs, right? Like, you can give the headset to, to, you know, someone, and they could put it on. You can fly them around. They can look around in the cockpit, maybe see the yoke and, you know, like, the, the, the you know, f the action figure moving all the stuff as you're moving things, you know, as, as the bank's over and stuff. Yeah, I've, I actually have thought about that, uh, where I'm not quite at that level, but... I have that Roban 700 Cobra sitting on the mm -hmm. bench. And I thought to myself before, well, the FLIR unit on the front of it is movable. It, it has a little hinge on it, and it's hollow. And I kind of thought, well, what would happen if I took a little, like, tiny whoop-type FPV camera and see if I could get an OSD overlay on it mm. with some crosshairs to make it look like the uh, you know, the grainy gun sight picture oh, that'd from, be cool. a, from a yeah. cobra. And then that would actually be you know, slave to move the gun along with the sight. <laughs> uh -huh. So you could move, you know, whoever's riding along can move the gun around and spin up the barrel. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. And if you put it on a head tracker, then it would... You'd be like the pilot. You move your head, the gun would move around. Yeah. That'd be mm. awesome. It would be really neat to be giving people rides around in that. <laughs> yeah. Take it to the next I, level, for sure. I have a couple of, of tests I'm I'm running with uh, with head tracking and scale FPV setups. I have the, the Connex, the HD FPV camera. Mm -hmm. inside of the hobby king piper cub right now and that's fully set up from the uh, sitting in the pilot seat to, so you can look out the window and fly it just like you're sitting in the back of a full-scale airplane uh, but, do you fly with it have you flown it like that i have flown with it and uh it's when it works flawlessly it's beautiful and it's amazing and you're in the cockpit seat flying it like you were flying a real airplane. I was thinking those Probably. systems still had a little bit of delay. I didn't know if that would. There's I... definitely just a hair of it, but when you're flying scale, it really yeah, isn't nearly as wing. bad. Right. Because uh, where I had seen a lot of complaints about it was the, the guys who are the you know, the quad racers and everything that they require the you know, yeah, one second response. Yeah. 
Mm. And for just, I mean, for laid back flying in a Piper Cub, you, you've got all day to think about things before they happen. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and one of the the reasons I had thought about it, even putting it in the big Roban Cobra, is I'm testing something out in there, too. I got the Spirit Pro inside for my first try using that fly barless unit. But they just came out with that GPS module for it. Uh-huh. So I'm going to try to set it up so if anything happened in FPV, I can flip a switch and it'll automatically return to home and land where it's supposed to. So that uh-huh. I don't have that kind of work on the line. And, of course, there'll be a spotter and everything. But probably in many cases, at least around my RC field be more apt to trust the computer to land it than the guy standing next to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, if you put it in GPS and it just stops in a hover, then you can pull the goggles off, I guess, and then Yeah, see what you're even doing. then, that starts to get a little scary, because I wear glasses. So, you have to take off the headset, find where you put your glasses, get them back on, pick up the remote, <laughs> and then... Nothing has to have happened. Well, you put your glasses on a cord around your neck. That's what I, I used to do. But, That's but probably yeah. the smart way to do it. Yeah. I end up under my chair more often than not. <laughs> Definitely neat. All right. So let's uh, do more questions. We move it on to the next section. Yeah, let's move it on. Okay. Let's do the top 10 shotgun round. I think we're going to have to on the fly kind of change this up a little just because you know we know you fly scale and a lot of the stuff is mainly either you fly planes or you fly 3d helicopters so i don't know let's just try it to see what happens well we can do either or i'll come up with something okay all right let's give it a shot then and uh i might just ad lib a whole bunch of stuff (laughs) we'll see (laughs) um okay so do you want to go first, or shall I go first? Uh, I could go. Okay. Pinch or thumb, Michael? Thumb. Okay. Uh, three rotor or five rotor? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a tough question. <laughs> Man, I'm going to have to say five just for the little bird. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the, the 500 size or 700? Well, I haven't flown a 700 yet, so I'm going to have to say a 500, but there okay. are two 700s uh, in the build process. All right. Does any of your scale birds have a fly bar? Um, does it count if it's a fake fly bar that isn't actually connected to the flight controls? <laughs> sure. I mean, visually, it's, it has a fly bar, whether it does something or not. Okay. So... Uh, the long answer is on the on my Huey, you know, the Huey's famous for having that big fly bar on top of it, on the head. Mm-hmm. And I got this scale head from Micro Helis in Germany, and it actually routes all the push rods where the real push rods go in that rotor head. But uh-huh. instead of it actually going through and providing input from the fly bar, it's a pass-through. So there's a little... It's hard to describe. There's an inner part inside the fly bar that it just moves and directly puts that input into the head and kind of bypasses the actual fly bar 
That way it doesn't upset your fly bar list controller. Hmm. Nice. Uh, the next one is normally uh, sport or 3D, but since you're scale or scale, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, do you rather fly a scale heli or a scale plane? Like a warbird scale flight or scale heli flight? I'm going to say scale heli. Okay. Nice. Uh, strap or strapless? Do you use a safety necklace? Strapless. Oh, boy. <laughs> Living on the edge. <laughs> uh, do you prefer cordless or brushless servos? Like high-end or, or, you know, I kind of go with economical. both. What I've, what I've used a lot of the time for, for economical end is the, for the T-Rex 500s, the ones most compatible with all the scale conversions are the, the really old ESP versions that came with the fly bar. And those come with the, the DS510s and that kind of servo. and They work perfect for scale conversions. Nice. Uh, do you like military paint jobs or civilian paint jobs? <laughs> Depends on the helicopter. <laughs> True. But let's say for one that can be either, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, that usually ends up military. Okay. Okay. Um Tail rotor on the right or tail rotor on the left? <laughs> <laughs> Generally, uh, tail rotor on the left. That's yeah. most American helicopters that yeah. way. Yeah, it's on the left side. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. For Ooh. the Eurocopters, you can flip it over to the uh, the right side. Mm. Okay, and then uh, I guess we'll just ask this one. So, do you like? Bigger events or smaller events, like Urcha or, you know, like a local club event? Uh, so far, I've mostly been to smaller events. I haven't really had enough time to make it out to one of the big events. It's one of the unfortunate things of being located where I am is to go to an event outside of Texas. You're yeah, committing far. yourself to about a 10-hour drive. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hoping to make a bigger event this year. But until Urcha. then, they <laughs> <day> smaller events. <laughs> All right. So that was the top 10 shotgun round. Okay. Uh, let's move it on to news and announcements. What do we got? Let's do it. Uh, speaking of the V22 Osprey. Oh, yeah. Huh? Horizon Hobby has one out. Uh, it's, it's way too little. It's a tiny little thing. You seen it? Yeah, I saw that. It's, uh, it's definitely a little guy. They took something awesome and just shrunk it down to where it's just like, meh. I'd like and to see a 48, 50-inch one of these pop up somewhere. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this one, this one definitely looks small. I mean, it looks cool, though, but, I, you know. Yeah, it's. I think, I actually think it might be the conversion convergence uh system just putting a different airframe mm, if you notice it even right. has, it has the little tail rotor yeah. thing in the back yeah so that's not very scale <laughs> no. no unfortunately the way the way their setup is in order to stabilize a v22 in the pitch axis 
mm-hmm. you kind of got two choices. You either get to put a swash plate in it and put a collected pitch rotor, yep. or yeah. you get to put some sort of additional fan in there to stabilize it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it makes it, sense. Yeah. And honestly, it doesn't look bad for what it is. Uh, yeah. The only thing I really wish they did have, even at, at that size, I wish it had a clear canopy on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in flight, just take off and fly it around, you probably wouldn't see that tail fan that much. But uh, anyway, it's a little bitty feller. It's, uh, it's small, but 19.2 mm-hmm. inch wingspan. Yeah. I think this is based on that mini convergence or the UMX convergence, probably. Probably, but damn, this thing is not cheap at all for the size of what you get. Uh, it's two hundred and thirty bucks for the bind and fly. Yeah. Bind and fly basic. Basic, which means you still have to buy a battery which it yeah. uses the same batteries at the two thirty um the helicopter two thirty S V two, eight hundred milliamp three S. But yeah, that's I think a little bit on the the pricey side. Yeah, for, it's a little pricey. I mean I guess it does have a lot two, of features. Two ESCs yeah. and two well, more than two ESCs, three ESCs, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. The rear motor. Two 12 amps for the main and a 6 amp for the tail. Uh-huh. And uh, two 5 by 3 three-blade propellers. And then a little bitty 2 by 1.8 four-blade for the rear. It must be like a little tiny whoop prop or something. Yeah, that's pretty little, 2 inch. Yeah. It's one of the only other things that gets me on it is the V22 has those massive prop rotors on it yeah it it looks pretty strange with those little five inch props on. yeah it it really doesn't look right to be honest it doesn't look proportion right now no i mean it's i don't know it's something full i'm sure it'd be fun to tool around with but like you say the price is kind of expensive so maybe wait six months when they drop the price about in half and then pick one up (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) <laughs> I'm not tr- not trying to shit on their product, but I'm just not impressed. Yeah. So, but speaking of Horizon Hobby, we've got the Blade Fusion 360 mm-hmm. that we hinted about a couple weeks ago. Uh, they finally released the info. This looks stuff good on this dude. Yeah. No, this looks good. I like that uh, yeah. it doesn't have boom supports, you know. it's uh... Right. It's a bind and fly basic. I was kind of hoping they'd do a kit. I yeah, mean, I understand why they're they not, but it'd be cool if it was a kit and a little less money. They're selling, it's a pre-order right now, 550 bucks for the bind and fly basic. Uh, it's a 360 size. Um, I I don't really know what exactly has changed from their other 360s. Um, it looks very similar to the 360 CFX uh, from what I can tell. I'm trying to figure out what they changed. Um, there's no tail boom support, so that's different. It uses um, it comes with a receiver. It comes with a receiver fireballs unit, but also comes with a serial telemetry port. Uh receiver too so you, it looks like you get telemetry on your um 
you know, on your DX89, 12, IX12, you know. Um, that's great. <clears throat> yeah, it, they don't yes. use, they're not using Castle ESC anymore. It's uh, upgraded to now a Hobby King. I mean, sorry, a Hobby Wing. Wing. Yep. Yeah, 16 CCM, amp. Platinum, so that's cool. 22, 21, 1800 KV motor. Mm-hmm. It's the Spectrum 6250 HX fly barless system. Yeah. With the two remote receiver ports, and also says there's like some type of telemetry, which is cool. Fiberglass canopy, which is standard on the 360 CFX, CNC, main stuff. That's all pretty standard. Um, did they have a CNC tail case for the 360 uh, CFX, or was I'm it plastic? Not sure. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. I'd never really had one of those, so I wasn't. The 450X is the last blade heavily I had. See, I had the 360 sure. CFX, but I don't remember what the tail configuration was. I, I didn't have it for too long, but but that's cool, though. I mean, they're, you know, they're still producing uh, a newer heli Yeah. You know, like. Well, and the, pro- I mean, for. For what you get, the price really isn't that bad. I mean, when you consider that it's a fully built, ready to fly airframe, mm-hmm. 550. Yeah, you just I mean, need a radio not, and, and a battery. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you just need a radio and a battery. But I mean, you don't have to buy servos or motors or none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's not bad. Maybe a step up from your 230 or something as you're progressing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see how this thing flies, though. You know. That's kind of, yeah. I think, like, with the uh, the Fusion series, it's, you know, they're trying to kind of bridge the gap between a Binance Fly and, like, kind of a kit heli or more, you know, higher-end helicopter. Sure. And I think they're doing it, like, Binance Fly prices and, like, setup and everything is there, but you'll, it'll perform, Our- like... You know, as like a better one. So sure, I would assume it's a higher performance. I mean, it's a full carbon frame and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So it, yeah. I would assume it performs well. Yeah, I kind of like the canopy style and stuff. You know, you can't go wrong with red, white, and blue, right? Exactly. <laughs> America. Uh, yeah, man. Let's all see right. what else we got. Uh, new uh, jet from Motion RC. Wow, that's a this? big one. Uh-huh. The FA-18C Hornet. Mm-hmm. Blue Angels. Blue Angels, yeah. Yeah, that's the coolest part about it. I did see that one. That is a good-looking model. Yeah. And being that it's from Freewing and Motion RC, I think, um, it, you know, like Motion RC, they know what they're doing when it comes to EDFs, and so does Freewing, but... Even more so, like, Motion RC wouldn't get this plane or work with Freeway if they couldn't, like, you know, if it wasn't a good plane. So I kind of, yeah. I kind of like, just just with that, uh, the background, like, oh, the yeah. backing I mean, of Motion with, RC makes yeah, me got, have more confidence. Uh, Alpha and stu- Alpha Enos doing mm-hmm. the, uh, the design of these free wings that yeah. Motion is doing. And, I mean, they all fly well. I mean, they've kind of got the market. <laughs> They got the best uh, foam jets that I know of yeah, as far as uh, that stuff. They're, they're good at figuring out where that perfect balance is between getting a really scale-looking airplane 
that doesn't have any really bad flight tendencies at all. Sure. It may not be perfectly scale, but it won't fly like a perfect scale either. It'll fly good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you won't need a fly-by-wire flight computer to fly it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Looks kind of like their standard 90-millimeter setup. Mm-hmm. 6S, 5,000, 6,000-milliamp-hour LiPo, uh, 90-millimeter, 9-blade EDF. Yep. Uh. I do like that they have like a pilot in there and stuff. It looks good. Um, yeah, no, it looks nice. Yeah. yeah. One of the neat things that kind of caught my eye on it is they actually recessed the the servos for the tail control surfaces. They're mm-hmm. recessed inside the fuselage behind yeah. the panel. Mm-hmm. They're it, inside. It makes yep. the airplane look just so clean in the back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. I love that Blue Angels scheme. I mean, that'd make a, a beautiful airplane. Yep. That, that's where it'd be fun to get a, a group of guys at an event and have them done up as all the different number Blue Angels. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then a bunch of knuckleheads would fly into each other and crash them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Huh, that's cool. Uh, what else we got? Agile A7. Agile helicopters, the KDS. Yeah, they're still around? That's exactly what I said. I saw it. I was like, I thought I thought they were out of business. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I didn't even know you could get KDS stuff anymore. Apparently, they're releasing a new model. Hmm. Uh, A7, which is a 700 size. I guess it's an update to the 7.2 that's been around for a long time. I don't know. 7.2 sounds like a version upgrade from 7. <laughs> well, it's, I don't know. It's A7. It has a uh, very similarity I, to the 7.2. Yeah, the tail. It looks a lot the same. I don't mm-hmm. know what is different. I really haven't been able to find a whole lot of specs. The servo like, layout is different. It's very Goblin esque. Yeah, I see that. To lay down servos. To lay down 120 degree servo layout. Um, one thing I noticed about the Agile that always stuck out to me is the, the tail gears. The torque yeah, tail gears. Are, um, sort of a helical top gear. Yeah, to kind of swirl, the curved. What do they call it? There? I thought there was a name for it. but uh, It's helical, isn't it? Yeah, it's just so, because yeah. they're umbrella gears, they look swirled right. instead of straight slanted. Mm-hmm. I do like that the t- it's got a decent tail ratio of four point seven five to yeah. one. Yep. I hate all these helis with the less than four to one ratio. That sucks. So this looks good. Uh, the price looks really, really good. I don't exactly Whoa. see it anywhere, but I think it was like. Oh, I see it right here. Wait, how is that possible? Or is that the pre-order price? Uh, where do you see it? The link that you sent. It says our price three ninety nine, quantity in stock nine. Add to cart. That's 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 can't be the the whole helicopter. That is that a pre-order price? Like you know, deposit. Um, I mean, I knew that the agiles were. It was on Facebook five something. Three ninety nine. Nah, that. Uh, I don't know. I think that's a typo. 
I think it was like five ninety, but Australian maybe. So I don't know. It could be three ninety nine then. Yeah. That's it's pretty cheap. That's real cheap. That's uh that's getting in especially with a good can't the good uh tail ratio. It's making it a pretty good candidate for some scale conversions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, strip those mechanics and throw them in a fuselage. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, and the, the design of it, like, really, most of the the transmission yeah, everything's all up top. It's, you know, it's pretty compact. Yeah, yeah, maybe leave some room for some uh, a cabin interior below it. Yeah. Hmm. Look at that. That's cool. That's interesting. But, yeah, I was kind of surprised because I know that, uh, Carrie Shirley had been selling a 7.2 conversion kit and said you could still get parts for them and stuff, but I really hadn't seen or heard anything from uh, KDS Agile in a couple of years. So I didn't even know what was going on. But anyway, check them out. Might be a good practice, Haley, or something. Yeah, yeah. So. Go to KDSmodelsUSA.com and look it up there. Yep. Awesome. All right. Is there anything else for news announcements? That's all I've got. You got anything? Nah, I leave that to you, man. I don't. I don't bother looking things up. <laughs> well, I, actually, from the last episode, um, the SAB Goblin Kraken, the final price was oh, released. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, pre-orders open. Too. Pre-orders open through all your major uh, authorized dealers. Um, also, the final kit price is ten ninety eight, which is really reasonable in my opinion. That includes blades, too, and, right? which includes mains and tails. Yeah, yep. So that's a good price. That's a really good price. Um, May second is the uh, yes, I think the delivery date or the date it's going to ship out or whatever. So, which kind of is cool, but it's like, oh man, I really wish I could get it before May, the first week of May, because that's a. Uh, Spring fling for us, you know, so I'm, I'm going to be going to spring fling, so, yeah, you know, but, yeah, but, yeah, it's going to be cool. Can't wait to get mine. I still need to just go pick up a motor, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what motor to get for it, man. I'm, I'm in cross. I'm in an impasse right now. Flip a coin. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you know, on other news, uh, X-Nova has the X-Turic motor. It's a uh, 45... Something. There's no real specs on it, but I think it's like a 550 kV or 575 kV. Something crazy, I'm sure. It's 560, I believe somebody said. No, it's not. It can't be 560. Oh, I mean, it could be 560, but I know they already make a 560, 4530. Maybe it's like Yeah, I, w- I would think that, you know, they would bump it up or even if it is 560, it's going to probably but have thicker like wires 40, and stuff. 535 or something crazy like that, like something huge. I mean that's not even that big because they used they they had the fifty series fifty millimeter series, so but eh, I mean yeah, still forty five thirty five is a big motor. That's you know it's tall. Big. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's interesting and that should be coming out soon too. Uh, let's see, is there anything else? Just for now, I'll probably find something for next week that I missed this week. All right, let's do a planker. Tra- uh, What's this called again? <laughs> yeah, the the fl- planker free fall planker news 
reporter thingy? <laughs> yeah. Let me see if I can get this loaded here this time. I just called the Mac D News Report. Planker Channel reserves all rights to everything Planker. If you like it, we did it. If you don't like it, we don't know anything. Anyone listening to this broadcast automatically yields all rights to everything in perpetuity to Planker Channel, including all men, women, children, pets, and small rodents. Hey, hey, we're back for uh, episode, uh, what is this, episode three of the Planker News Service, Planker Channel News Service, uh, specifically for Free Fall RC Podcast. And thanks, guys. Um, so we're rolling along. If you um, hear a couple of sounds in the background there, that is our, one of our guests we have in the studio tonight. That's Arnold Tuns. Arnold, Arnold, uh, I think you said your nickname is Tons of Fun. Is that right? He's nodding yes. Okay. Arnold says, Arnold claims he can fart the alphabet. So we're going to see how that works out. But first, let's go to our interview with an up-and-coming master uh, demo pilot, uh, heli demo pilot, Lance Winkledink. Okay, here we are. Uh, we're at the uh, Tri-County RC Club here in uh, North Brunswick, New Jersey. And right over here, here he is. Here's our new heli star, Lance Winkledink. How you doing, Lance? Well, howdy there, Mike. So what will you be showing us today? I have prepared... Uh... A routine with most of the popular moves included. Popular moves, Lance? Yes, well, popular, you know, back at the home. Home, Lance? You mean at your place? No, at the home. Okay, well, our, okay, what, what are we going to see today? Well, right after takeoff, I'm going to go directly into an inverted blowhole. Then I'll slowly turn around into a stinky weasel. <laughs> then slowly I'll turn back around and pull a rusty trombone. Two comb overs, and then I'll slow down for a tail end dick waggle. If if everything is going good, then I'll do a I'll do a nose in, dirty bishop, and then at the at the end at the finale, I'll be my signature move, which is a screaming turtle squirt. Well, I don't know anything you just said, but but okay. Hey, that guy's a dick. <laughs> Let's see your heli. You better run if he's going to start that thing. Wow, that thing flies. Mostly, it sometimes um, takes a bit of help. Help? Well, you know, sometimes we have to. Uh, well, sometimes we have to throw it from the roof or from a tree, um, you know, to get a little extra air time. So, let me get going here. I'm not sure this thing is. Wait, 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 wait! You're cranking that thing? I would run if I was you. during the, that segment uh, to fart the alphabet and he shit himself. 
Then you got the letter O, and what a mess. So we're, while we're cleaning that disaster up, uh, let's. Our next segment is uh, we visited the uh, North Eastern Pocket Pool Championship. So let's uh, let's go see how that went. Hey guys, I'm here at the North American Pocket Pool Championship. So I have to whisper because I don't feel very welcome. In fact, you know what? The problem is I can't even tell who's a participant or who's an observer. Everybody looks the same here. They all kind of—they're all standing and they're all just standing around with these blank stares. Everybody seems to be busy. Counting change in their pocket. Oh, wait a minute. Now I get it. Pocket pool. Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. So that that explains everybody's got their hands in their pockets. All right. Well, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, up in the wall there, it says, uh, uh, say thank you to our sponsor of this event, Shankman's Hand Cream. Okay, that fits. Let me see if I can get anybody. No, they're, no, they're not going to let me go in here. Well, listen, buddy. Listen, buddy. Listen, buddy. Got some complaints um, that you're an outsider. Everybody can see your hands. No, no, no. Don't. Listen, listen. I'll leave. Just don't, don't put your hands. Don't actually, don't touch me with your hands. No, I think it's okay. time for you to leave. I'll leave voluntarily. Out this way, uh, bud. Out this way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get this see guy out of here. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, Kevin. Mike D. I'm having some trouble with your recommendations. You told me I should practice flying inverted. And I've been doing that, but my God, I get these wicked headaches. It is so difficult. Wouldn't it be easier if I just, you know, flew the heli upside down rather than hanging upside down? Let me know, dude. Hi, this is Ronald, and I'm an Uber driver. I don't know who you were, sir, but there, you, you, you left. Well, there was a sticker in the back seat that said Freefall RC. But what I was really calling about is you left this your skirt and heels and wig in, in the back seat of the car. So please contact me so I can return your items. Hey, Kevin, Mike D. Listen, man, I'm, this isn't working out, dude. When I called you and I told you my ailerons on the heli were, were backwards, you told me that the servos had to be reversed. So I took the right one out of the right side, put it in the left, <laughs> took the left one out, put it in the right. It's the same shit, dude, man. I'm really losing faith in you, brother. Hey, Kevin, Mike D again. Some of my friends think you're messing with me, telling me to uh, put uh, helium in the heli to make it fly lighter. I'm going to try it anyway, man. I'll let you know what happens. Howdy, Mr. Ross. Uh, this is the doctor's office calling back about your case. So the doctor wanted me to tell you that you need to stop pulling on it. It's not going to get any larger at this point, and he's concerned you're going to break it. So stop. That's the message. Stop pulling on it. I know. I got the phone right now. Hold on. Hold on. Um, and also, the doctor said, "Don't you know? Don't call this office anymore." I did not call back. Did you believe it? Kevin. Wow, man. This is pretty awesome. We got. Uh... A little bit of helium and lots of nitrous oxide. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know where that heli is. It, the heli left a while ago. I'll, I'll hang around for a while, see if it comes back. Thanks, Kevin. This is great, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> hey, buddy, you over there. Hey, 
man, can I buy some pot from you? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, wow. Mike, where does he come up with this shit, huh? I don't know. Oh, boy. All right. Well, thank you, Mike D, for that Fantastic, though. episode. Oh, oh, man. All right. Let's go to what's next for you in the hobby. What's next for you, Steve? Uh, I'm going to try to go flying this weekend. It's my, um, it's my son's second birthday. He turns two to Saturday. Oh, nice. So, um, um, gonna see if I can sneak out on Sunday. Yeah. But, um, beyond that, if I do go out on Sunday and the weather is not too bad, like, you know, doesn't call for a lot of wind, I think I'm going to try to make in that, uh. That, uh, what was it, Extra yeah. I bought? The Extreme Flight? The 60-inch plane that I bought? Do it. Yeah. You know? At least, like, fly. get to the fields, make Hurry sure everything is good. so you can get bored and sell it to me. <laughs> 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 it might happen. I just, I gotta figure out what what battery I should use for it. Um, I got a 3,000 success sitting around, but I don't know if... That'll work. It just might not be a long flight. Yeah, I mean, I have like thirty three hundreds on the Goblin, like that I use on my Goblin five hundred or forty five hundred or five thousand. So I can technically forty fives would be good, but you don't want to take them off the tray. Just use a three thousand. I mean, nice can't that, that just way. can't that just Velcro? <laughs> the, the, you know. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah, Velcro yeah, the, yeah, the whole thing with the tray and everything, but there's plenty yeah. of room. A forty five hundred would be about perfect. Okay. So I use a uh, four thousand in my Bushmaster, and that's basically the same power setup. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You can run a five thousand, but it gets a little bit heavy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't know how much three Ding I'm gonna do of it, but you know, I'll toss it up, get it trimmed out, and maybe knife edge it a little, and you know, just kind of. Yeah. Well, give if you're it a not doing down. like. Uh, post stall 3d like hovers yeah five thousand would be great because yeah. it actually cut through the wind better it'll cut through the wind if i even if i do like little pop top stuff and oh yeah it'll do know. all that fine where you really notice it is like when you're in a hover and you go to pull out mm-hmm. a big heavy battery it'll, it'll just start to creep up where a mm. light battery will just start it'll shoot up right right that so makes sense that makes sense yeah so i'm gonna try it for that um it's just you know I don't know. I just I find it like annoying that I bought this plane because for me to carry this plane to the field, I have to pretty much take the baby seat out of the car and drop drop both seats and and yeah, you know I could do it. It's not that much of a pain, but it it is a pain. <laughs> so I need I think I need to buy a small trailer. I don't so, know what to tell you, dude. Yeah, or I gotta buy a pickup <laughs> truck. I'm gonna buy a pickup truck. I, I am buying a pickup truck sooner. Just or later get a little else. trailer. It, I mean, yes, a truck is is good. But a trailer is even better because you can just put that plane in there and leave it. Yeah. You don't even have to take it out. Yeah, I'll figure something out. Crap. You mm-hmm. can just leave it in there and you just hook it up and go to the field. Yeah. So much better. Yeah, I got to figure something out for it. But I will. I'll eventually figure something out. Um, but, you know, for now, if, if I can fit in the car, just just do what I got to do and, and, you know. Yep. So. Uh yeah, what about you, Kevin? 
Oh, wait, Kevin's not on the show. Uh, what about you, Andy? It's going to be sitting in the 80-degree weather in Florida. Yeah. Like, like a jackass. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love you, Kevin. Uh, I didn't talk about this on the what I've been doing, but I've got a T-Rex 600 Nitro on the bench here that I'm going over for a guy. Mm-hmm. We got a, another kind of a new guy here locally. Well, in Johnson City up there with Craig that had a, uh, it's the old fly bar 600 nitro that hasn't been flown in three or four years. Nice. It's probably like mine before I sold it. <laughs> yeah. He thought the engine was locked up. I actually took it apart earlier today and it, so the engine looks pretty dang good. Yeah. Like it needs a bearing and the ring was stuck. What I mean by that is like it was expanding out. So it needs a ring and a bearing, and I think that's all it'll need. Hmm. If Well, I don't know about the carburetor. It might be all gunked up. Probably needs cleaning. Yeah. But uh, so I'm going to go over that and get it running for him and uh, get that going. Nice. And then we've got uh, Tired Iron. George Baker mm-hmm. is doing his spring fun fly this weekend. Friday, oh, nice. Saturday, and Sunday. And we're really hoping to get up there at least for the part of the day Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to take my kids so they can play with still be a bunch of other kids and stuff there. Yeah. So depending on weather and if I get some work done this week, I might try to go up there for a day and hang out with those guys. Nice. Uh, so that'll be it for me, I guess. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. What about you, Michael? Well, I'm going to try to continue getting things ready. Like I said, Helicopters Over Apache Pass is coming up pretty early next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd, I'd like to have that Delphine converted and ready to go by then. Nice. Just going to be awesome. working on that and uh, getting used to flying again after being away from it for a little over two months now. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Oh. Yeah, Heli's over Apache Pass. That's uh, Kenny Sierra, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Give him a little plug. Nice. Awesome. All right. Not going to do a wrap up, but we are going to do this. Next time. With a flanker. Oh, look at this. This is a... Why in the world the cops haven't knocked down our door or crashed less? Oh, your mom and your dad. Oh, hey, uh, meanwhile... Don't forget you're supposed to pick me up for dinner. Very nice. Crash more. Wait, what? Yeah, can I help you? Are you fucking stupid? Take it. Okay. Take it. Andy, Mike D. No, 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 no. This is awesome. <laughs> okay. So that's a little promo for next week's episode. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're not going to do a wrap-up today. Um, I, I do want to make one announcement that's part of the wrap-up, just because uh, I know I'll forget if I don't. So... Um, we had a, one of our listeners, and he messaged us on Facebook Messenger. Um, we'll say his name is Steve S. 
and says, Hey guys, always a pleasure to listen to your podcast. Thank you for the time and effort you put into making it interesting, informative, and fun-filled. Okay. And at times, BS-filled. <laughs> uh, keep up the great work. And when in Florida, come to the Torches events. Best regards, Steve. So, Thanks, yeah. Steve. Thanks. That's awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, I want to give a special thanks to Michael Rosnick for taking the time to come on the show and uh, participating on the listener series uh, episodes. Ooh, always a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Mike, go if somebody wants to get in touch with you and have questions about, I don't know, scale helis or maybe how you got into doing what you do for a living or something. Um, how would they do that? So the easiest way is I'm on uh, I'm on a lot of forums. I'm on Hobby Squawk, the Motion RC forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on RC groups in Helifreak and ScaleRCHelis.com. My nice. username is F106 Delta Dart on RC groups and Hobby Squawk, Enstrom Pilot on Helifreak, and uh, Super Stallion on. <laughs> On uh, scale RC helis, like the CH fifty three super stallion. Sure, <laughs> no, nice, <laughs> oh, awesome, like. All right, uh, cool. I guess uh, let's do our outro here. Let's do it. All right, <clears throat> drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefrc at gmail Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash freefrc podcast. Check out our webpage, freefr rcpodcast.show. Say hi to Chris Reibert. Hi, Chris. Did I renew our our web hosting? I don't know. Give it a shot. Know. Let us know. Try uh, to find out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, flight test forums, off the field audio and video production, other than flight test podcast, free for RC podcast, sitting next to our friends, the FT Community Cast. Mark. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So we want to give a shout out to our fellow podcasters, Telerotor Podcast. Yep. Mark, Mark and Rob. The RC After Hours. Chris, Mike, and Andre. BKRC Podcast. Bert and Kyle. RC Roundtable. Fitz, Terry, and Lee. And uh, let's see, Flight Test Podcast? I don't even know who does that I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea who does that anymore. I don't know (laughs) if Stefan's still doing it or not. Uh, And (laughs) I want to give a special, and I mean air quote special, uh, Bill Ann YouTube channel shout out. So definitely yeah. go. Uh, yeah, check out the Bill and YouTube channel. Yeah, he, he does some good stuff over he, there. He does we some make good fun stuff. of him, but yeah. he actually does good content. Yeah, Mike, uh, Michael, you got to check out his stuff too because he does a lot of scale stuff for Mercha and other events too. So um, he has a lot of scale yeah. content on there. Yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of that fairly frequently. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, work. Yes, he does. He does. And and he's been promoting, you know, the RC helicopters pretty hard right now. And he has this whole, like, the art of helicopter, RC helicopters kind of, not series, but they're just kind of like these little promo videos and stuff, kind of showing folks yeah, outside awesome. of the hobby what these RC helicopters, you know, the beauty of them, the, the awesomeness that are, um, you know, that we all love to fly. So, also, Bill's the man, despite what Kevin says about him. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Michael, for taking the time to come on the show again. Thanks to all our listeners. Free our skies, and we'll see you next time. 
Bye, guys. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks. Good show. Cool. Yeah. Good that we got like.